the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 89, recorded Friday, May 3rd, 2013. Back to work. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. Welcome to AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I will be your host for the day. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, with us this week is Betsy Jaffe. She is the Director of Public Relations for Infocom International. Welcome, Ms. Betsy. Thanks, Tim. Uh, also with us is Dawn Mead. She is the Marketing and Media Coordinator for NetAV and affectionately known as Ms. AV, uh, Ms. AV Dawn. Hi, everyone. Uh, also with us is Nick Scott. He is the Solutions Marketing Manager for Crestron Electronics. Welcome, Nick. Thanks for having me. And last but not least, to round it out, Mr. Bill Brown, President and CEO of BD Brown Communications. How are you, sir? I am doing great. Thank you. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about how technology can not make you as productive as we may have thought it may have. They're actually procrastinating. I don't know. Uh, also talk about the Nest, uh, you know, the thermostat. Somebody called it the iPhone of thermostats, which may have been too sexy of a comparison, but we'll see. Uh, also talking about uh, the rise in visual and performing arts and how that's going to help AV. And um, talk a little bit about Leviton and uh, AJI. But first, HD Base T uh, from C- uh, Commercial Integrator. Um, the HDB, HD Base T awareness uh, is apparently up among integrators. And it, the, the thing that I have against this, sort of, uh, is that it is a, it's, a, it's a survey done by the HDB, HD Base T Alliance. Good Lord, I'm having a horrible time with this name. Um, basically, the, the, the consortium, the, the group that gets together, and uh, it's based uh, um, by uh, LG and Samsung and Sony and some other guys, um, their their idea, their whole point is to raise awareness for HD Base T, uh, and they have a you know, they have a dog in this hunt. Uh, but Don, is it? Do you get the sense that that awareness, or at least you know, maybe not full integration, but at least hey, I, I I'm aware that this this product is out there, and I and I may be um, putting it into some of my systems. Well, I, awareness is definitely out there, and it's getting more and more prominent not just among integrators, but also some end users, the ones that you know keep up on the trade publications and so forth. I don't see a ton of people knowing exactly what it is or what differentiates it from some of the other standards out there yet, but they are making some progress. Now, whether that progress will immediately translate into sales and into full-scale integrations different places, that remains to be seen, but it, it is definitely becoming more of a buzzword. People are starting to know it, ask for it, you know, that sort of thing, at least in my experience. Bill, is this something where, like Don said, that, that more end users are, are becoming more and more aware of it, and will that help drive awareness for integrators? Um, I think so, because 
most of the times with with integrators and and people in the I guess the AV space, it is you know I'll deal with it when I really have to deal with it, mm-hmm. um, and so there is an awareness and. And the more that the the end users will ask the questions or is this something that we need to be concerned about or what is this all about, that's when the integrators will say, okay, I need to know more about it or I need to make a decision how we're going to um, utilize this. Betsy, uh, you're from Infocom International and and most of us here will be uh, joining you in Orlando in about a month or so. Um, Is this something where industry-wide where it's, it's it's gaining awareness not just because of the alliance, but also because of the number of products that are coming out. Um, it's definitely something that we're um, hearing more about, and we're hearing from our members that they want to learn more about it. So um, it's definitely gaining an awareness, and you know we definitely think that this um, is a trend that will be with us um, for the next while. Uh, Mr. Scott, I saved you for last. <laughs> uh, and, and the reason there's a reason for that is because you work for Crestron, and, and Crestron uh, has an HD base T solution of sorts. Yep. Um, DM, which is which is your um, HD video over over twisted pair solution, is is based on HD base T, correct? Uh, yes. The I'll, I'll put it. The newer version is the new so. Version. Yeah, I can go into a little bit of, uh, of that because for us, it's I mean, it's a great thing. Um, you know, originally when we came out with digital media, we knew, you know, a bunch of years ago that the industry was going to switch over to digital. We were going to have to figure out a way to get these digital signals around over, you know, Cat5 type cabling. And so we came out with our first version, which had, you know, a few different cables. And, you know, through that process and everything, you know, we met up with uh, the company behind HD Base T and kind of, I'll, I'll give us a little, a little extra credit here and I'll say we kind of helped co-develop in a sense because you know, we were like kind of the early adopters of this technology and, um, you know, but yeah, it's been, it's one of those things where now it's, it's like, okay, we see other HD Base T products out there. Well, we can kind of plug one to the other, ours to theirs. And, you know, that makes, I think everybody happy and helps the whole industry. Does stuff like having displays, uh, there's a couple projectors out there, there's a display, an actual flat panel that has HD Base T built into it, an actual HD Base T uh, plug-in. Um, so if you buy one, that's not a network port, that's that's a video port. Um, does that stuff like that help you guys, or do you think that hurts you? No, I mean, I think it helps. I mean, it's the same kind of thing as like the iPad. You know, we look at when the iPad came out, people say, well, is that helping or hurting your touchscreen sales? Well, I think it's actually helped it. Numbers do indicate that it's helped it. Um, again, it's awareness, you know, and the more people that know about this stuff, the better off I think the whole industry is. Let me guess, and anybody can take this. Uh, when I look at HD Base T, and I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm somewhat competitive and so I always pit things together, but I see it as, as a sort of the competitor, maybe, uh, to, to AVB. And I understand it's different. AVB is actually networked, and, and you know, HD base T is is point to point. Um, so, Don, am I am I crazy in, in in that it's a comparison, or they are just totally different, and they should be each, to each taken, you know, their own. Uh, they should be, you know, judged on their own merits and not put up together. Well, I mean, anytime you have a new technology coming out, or two new technologies coming out at the same time, there's going to be comparisons. Um, 
even if they're completely different, you know. Uh, look, look at our, our favorite topic, OLED versus 4K. Mm. There's no such thing. And when you have technologies that do have some crossover, there's absolutely going to be uh, a comparison there, even if the, the technology behind it is different, because people don't understand all that. I mean, sometimes even our salespeople, our engineers, to a point, don't understand all the technology behind every thing that we use in our industry. Now, there are, there are engineers out there that know every single bit, but right. when something's new, our guys spec it and go with it and then figure out how it works later, you know, sometimes. Um, it's just kind of with, with an industry that changes as quickly as ours, that's what happens. But I, I think it's a, it's a fair comparison to compare because they're the new thing, you know, we got to see mm -hmm. what, how they work and what's going on and what exactly is this stuff, you know? Um, Tim, I think, um, it's, it's like Don said, it's a, a fair comparison. However, I think it can't, it should, and there is space for them to coexist. And the more that we uh, allow the, I guess, the bandwidth or the, the, the space out there for all these emerging technologies and the, these uh, emerging ways of, of getting communication out there, I think that will be better for our industry than kind of lumping things in a nice little box that we can kind of understand and deal with um, than to embrace uh, potential growth in our industry. I mean, then we're not just going to have one connector. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. We would hope. You oh, come <laughs> on. You know what? <laughs> I like just having one connector. It's simple. And, you know, there's no more need for adapters. So, all right. I'll buy more adapters. Um, <laughs> from, from CE Pro. Uh, nine months after its acquisition, HAI has rolled into Leviton. Oh, good Lord. Um, Betsy, you, uh, you're smarter than me on all of this stuff. Does it matter what, if it's high or high Leviton or Leviton high or just Leviton? I'm, I'm really not sure, um, how much a difference the name actually means. Um, what matters is that, you know, these different companies are coming together and we're seeing a trend in this direction. Um, throughout the industry um, and throughout business. Now, the good news um, about this is it means that the AV industry um, is hitting the big time. What's mm -hmm. going on in the general IT industry is now happening wider and affecting us, which means that we've become um, less of an outlier and more part of the general business community um, at large. Um, but um, exactly what it means, I think only time will tell. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh when it comes to Don, when it comes to like Betsy said, you know, it, we're becoming the big time, and, and people are coming together and, and merging and, and stuff like this. Do you think this is a good thing for for High? Um, absolutely. I, I mean, anytime you merge into a larger entity with greater name recognition outside of our own little tiny island of AV, tiny being billions of dollars annually, bearing in mind, but you know, in the greater scheme of things, um, the visibility that they gain from this move is fantastic and it can only impact us positively overall as an industry. I myself am personally a little heartbroken because this means internet geek that I am, next time I see them at Infocom, I can't walk up to them and go, oh, hi, oh, like we did all year last year. <laughs> when, 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 they sponsored, when they sponsored the Infocom, everything, uh, all, their, all their signs last year at Infocom, 
Mr. A.V. Dawn and I walked around doing the, the lol kitty the entire show. Oh, hi. But um, that, that's my own geekiness aside. I, I think it is a good move, and it'll gain a lot more eyeballs and a lot more users for this product and hopefully by extension the rest of the industry. You could just say, hi, Leviton. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Nick, um, is is this you know like like the both ladies have <laughs> said, um, is this kind of good for the the industry overall where we're getting more and more recognition because companies like Leviton are taking notice? Yeah, I mean I, that's I'm going back to what I said earlier about you know the iPad and you know all this other stuff. Uh, you know awareness, awareness, awareness. Let's grow this industry. There's lots of room for growth if you look out there. Um, no reason why this should be you know, a threat or anything like that. I think it's good. And, that, and that's a perfect segue into your Nest deal, too, if you want. <laughs> it, it, it is a perfect segue. <laughs> we'll go ahead and take it. Um, the Nest thermostat is, um, well, there, there are some updates coming this, this, uh, this summer if you have one. Um, but what we'll say is, is someone called the Nest, if you don't know what it is, it's a thermostat. Um, and I know that's kind of weird, but and it's kind of resy, but we'll, we'll go with it because it's it is very cool. And um, somebody called it the iPhone of thermostats, and part of that is the fact that the uh, some of the gentlemen that that started Nest actually used to work for Apple. Um, but it, it's doing some things, and it, it, the thing about Nest is it's it's software. It, there's a it is a piece of hardware, but it's it's primarily software based inside, and they are able to update it with with firmware. Um, Bill, is this kind of one of those things where um, companies like Johnson Controls and and Train should should look out for this little upstarter um, to get into the homes and any honestly into some of the businesses uh, because they're going to have the ability to network everything. And this is one of those things that we've talked about before in this show where it, it, you get in, it, it gets insidious, and then all of a sudden these guys could like flip a switch and suddenly they can, they can control lights and, and other things as well. Right. I, th- I think I – w- I guess I would hope so. I, um, I worked on a number of, of projects with uh, Johnson Controls where they try to do anything and everything um, – because what, what was their thing? They exceed your expectations or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the I I, th- I think that the challenge here and 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 what what I see is because of the AV uh, industry's inability to really bland, brand itself and really have um, I guess a positive identity. Um, now this the convergence of moving on into a lot of cool things that um, I think that we're working to to uh, to be a part of and we can be in that discussion. It it kind of you, you know we 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 kind of turned into the morphed into technology now and I mm-hmm. think in some cases that's a that's a good thing but we need to have our identity within that technology space and so having you know this this nest capability uh, uh that is that is you know the cool factor the you know pun, no pun intended but um <laughs> nice. there um is is an aspect that av is a part of your life AV, you know it is it is all inclusive you know the holistic approach and the more that we're able to not um shy away from that 
we will basically elevate ourselves to that, you know, really not just being a billion dollar industry or more than we can then have the, I guess, the press of that also. Don, is this one of those things where, like he said, you know, it, it just, you know, the the the, the cachet of a, a company like Nest, you know, coming into your home, but also making people more and more aware, consumers, the end users, more and more aware of the AV that's all around them? I, I mean, I think things like Nest and, and the more, I, I believe he used the term convergence of the different technologies, is going to make consumers more aware of AV around them. But... This is, I mean, this is something we discussed way back in November at the Infocom 100, the whole smart building phenomenon and how IT and building control facilities um, and, the, you know, the mechanical folks, the security folks, and all of us in AV were kind of all racing towards the one ring to control them all, you know. And um, Nest is definitely a big step there, getting consumers aware. It, it, it's something we talked about a few weeks ago. Right, right now, it used to be businesses drove technology and people then wanted it at home. Now the consumers are driving the technology and the businesses and those of us in pro-AV are, are racing to catch up because CEOs say, well, I have a nest at home. I can control that. Why can't I do it here at the office? Or I have you know, uh, the Kaleidoscape or whatever at home with all my media on it. Why can't I do that here? So it's sort of been a flip of where our, our technology driving is coming from. Um, but that's not to say we don't already have things like Nest. I, I won't mention the name in deference to Nick, but we have a control <laughs> system in our home that has a, a thermostat controller and our, our, we can control our temperature and everything, you know, from our touch panel. It, it exists in our realm as well. But it, as these new companies come into the technology space, the, the greater technology space, it's bringing more people's uh, consumers and end users awareness of these things. And again, like I said in the last story, it'll hopefully benefit all of us in AV and all of us in technology as a whole. But who's going to win that race to the one ring to control them all? Will we all be working under IT? Will we all be working under Johnson Controls? Or will we be taking the reins and bringing all of them into our silo? Who knows? Yeah, and then piggybacking on that, I mean, that's something that, you know, Crestron truly believes in like building control is is really what we've been trying to preach for the last bunch of years you know with our you know integrated by design campaign and you know the whole building and and taking a look at all these different things and i think it just it, it more we have to work better as an industry in taking those opportunities because you know i think it's just a lot of guys are are not um you know, they're afraid maybe like, is it's, you know, a new, new area like to, to, if you haven't done, you know, climate and lighting and that kind of stuff, you know, it, it adds a little bit, bit of extra uh, complexity, but it also, it's the whole building and we have to just start looking at the whole building, um, and not, and not pinpoint ourselves as just AV, you know, it's, it's control, it's building control. Yeah, it's technology. Yeah. Um, Betsy, Don mentioned the, the Infocom 100 last year. One of the main points of that was you know, um, the, the smart building, how are companies, AV companies kind of embracing this idea where, um, you know, some of the consumer driven control and, and getting, uh, getting all of your, um, all, putting all your control eggs in one basket as it were. Well, um, right now we still see it as an emerging area. I mean, there are definitely certain companies that are very highly, um, adept 
at the whole smart building concept. But we have a larger group who are trying to figure out what to do if this is a good area for them. And that's one of the reasons why we discuss this issue at the Infocom 100. Um, what I find terribly fascinating about the Nest in particular is that it um, um, goes to part of a trend. Um, one thing we've learned at Infocom working with other industry groups is the number one way to affect energy consumption is to be aware of how much you're using. Mm. And that's why um, so many um, commercial buildings now are getting to, you know, showing on digital signage when you walk into the building um, what the consumption rate is and why um, so many of our members' products um, that let you know about this are helpful. And the Nest is the same thing, but on a smaller scale in one's home. Um, and so I think um, definitely um, look to Infocom over the next couple of months to continue to develop um, what's in it for the AV industry. Um, clearly, we can't go it entirely alone, but what type of cooperative effort can we make with other allied groups to um, take smart buildings to the next level and really have a big impact in that space? That's what yep. we'll be looking at. Uh, Tim, the, um, the the challenge that I have, um, because um, I am in this space trying to um, have that holistic approach of consulting, and the reason why when Don asks, you know, I can do this at home, why can't I do it in my office, is the um, the budgetary silos, the department silos that are created that they don't think about their their that AV or that technology budget when they're thinking about their um, heating and cooling. And so the more that we can not go in and say, hey, we can do this too, and it's like, well, why? Why would I look at you to do that? We have to find ways to change that conversation and change the way people are thinking so we can help them create those smart buildings and and, and basically put all that money together or put those budget lines to, together so they are thinking holistically about their technology choices that they're making. Okay, Bill, but how do you guys even get, and, and whether it's you or, or it's, it's Dawn's company or, or you know, um, even, you know, a, a Crestron uh, representative, um, how do you guys even get at the table? <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be I, hateful. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm asking a genuine question just because, you know, in, in, in my real job, I, I work for a, a college and I've been a part of some of those some of those discussions, and unless someone like me or, or somebody else mentions, hey, what about AV, a lot of times it's, it's an afterthought. Right. I, I go in, my focus, I had to come to terms with in my um, um, evolution of my company, let's just say it that way, um, that I am not a technology company. I'm a communications company, and I look at I can get into the conversations with with upper management and look at how are you getting that your message out and that message that internal message um, and the external message and the technologies that you're using and if you're those technologies that you are using from a v to to i t to to other things are really not working together or seamless smart as you say then there are there are going to be disruptions throughout your organization so that's how i get at the table hmm. that makes sense i have to say i was only giggling because that was the exact question in like the final session at the 100 yeah 
And at the 100, we had people from AV, we had people from IT, we had people from facilities and security, people from Johnson Controls were there. And we all kind of looked blankly at, at Duffy from Infocom when he brought up the question of how do we get this greater holistic picture of technology from the start instead of each person budgeting and bringing it in in their own timeline? Nobody had an answer. We all, we all agreed it has to happen. We have to start thinking holistically about our buildings and our technology. But like nobody from any of the, tr of the uh, trades had an answer at all. So as soon as you figure it out, let us know. <laughs> No, no, no. I just ask questions. <laughs> Nick, how do we get there? You're the manufacturer. You got to know people. Oh, thank you. You got to get, you got to become friends with the, uh, with the people on that side, right? I mean, they got to know who you are. They got to be aware. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a movement, right? We got, I don't know. We all, we all have to figure it out together because you can't just do it. One here, one there. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a few that are, but you know, right. broad scale, we gotta, we gotta solve this one. Or otherwise, we'll we'll lose the opportunity at some point. Yeah, we're gonna all stick right. together and, and do this all together. So, all right, you're listening to, huh? Collaboration. 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 Yes. Uh, you're listening to AV Week with uh, Nick Scott there from Crestron, Betsy Jaffe from Infocom International, Don Mead from NetAV, and Bill Brown from BD Communications. Uh, from Rave Pubs, will Moore's Law define TV architecture? Um, and just a real brief um, uh, synopsis of Moore's Law. Every, some, uh, every few months, the, uh, the, the chip speed will double. Um, and I, I think, is it 18 months? Every, every 18 months, I think. Um, the uh, chip speed will double, so you know, computer you know, processing power will double and this, that, and the other. Um, so, Bill, let's let's ask the question. Um, when it comes to smart TVs, and there have been some really cool things. I mentioned earlier the fact that that uh, there are displays coming out, TVs coming out, that have HD base T plugs right on the inside of them, and they can take that that uh, HD base T signal and and convert it into into video. Um, is Moore's law uh, effective, or is it is it in play when it comes to TVs? I think absolutely. Um, I, the the one thing that I got from the um, the article about um, I guess TVs being the smartphones or something of, of that nature it was kind of I, I never thought of it that way. But the 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 challenge with that, with the implementation, with the the um, the, the laggers and and everything like that, because you are purchasing a TV, you know, it, it's not as you know, sturdy and have the the life that it used to have uh, before. You know, the the I think it was six to eight years. Now it's closer to around two years. When you're putting all this smart stuff on there, a those laggers or those those um, late adopters, they don't care about all that other kind of stuff. They just you know want to turn on the TV and do something and all the all the extra smart stuff behind the scene um, eventually they'll get to it so um, it is um, it is something that um, it's 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 hard to uh, sell someone a, um, a Lexus when they just want a car um, and Sometimes people just want a TV, and and now I gotta have a smart TV, you know, and it's it's that type of thing. Uh, Don, is this like like Bill says? Some people just want a, a TV. Is that something where 
uh, we might have two different lines of production or two different lines of development uh, for TVs? I don't think so. I mean, you know, because if that were the case in an ideal world, my mother would still have her console TV with, that she can put pictures of the kids on top of. <laughs> and believe me, when her last one died and we had to convince her that no, she had to get something flat and a piece of furniture to put it on or hang it on the wall, she was heartbroken and the convincing we had to do just to tell her that's all that was available was yeah, like drama, you know. <laughs> She's in her 70s, come on. But um, it, if there were the ability to have a dual purpose production of, of the late adopters, just basic models and the big fancy schmancies, I think we would already have it because there were enough little old ladies like my mother who wanted the console TVs and they are history. You know, there's enough people out there that just want something basic, but even the cheapest thing you can buy at like Sam's Club or Walmart or, uh, you know, Costco, they have some of the fancier features and, and satellite systems and the, and the um, cable companies. They also have, you know, onboard gaming when you, you know, you go to this channel and you can play the games like you do on your computer. So even the dumbest TVs out there are fairly smart right now. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think we're going backwards. You'll just have people using a fraction of their ability and grumbling about it the whole time. Right. Uh, Nick, when it comes to, to TVs and displays and, and Moore's Law, does, that, does it apply to TVs? Or should you it? You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, like what you were just saying is – the content, I always think about the content. What do you, TV's there to watch broadcast or watch movies from an Apple TV or a Roku or whatever, you know, and that content is, is right now maxed out at 1080p, 60 if you want. And so if the TV, I mean, I, don't, I really don't know where to go with it, honestly, but like to me, it's the, the TV has got to hold up to the content and the 4K TVs are just a bunch of, you know, hype right now until we have 4K content. But I look at it from this perspective, the ability to run an app on a TV is really cool. And, you know, we, we like that because we're working on stuff for the Samsung Smart TV right now to be able to do some control stuff on it from an app. So heck with Moore's Law. We're good, and let's keep on getting better <laughs> <laughs> because it's just, it's just cool stuff, man. <laughs> Did you just say you're working on an app for the, for the Samsung TV? Yes. Holy cow, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's really cool, actually. And it's, uh, you know, basically you don't need any fancy remote. You can just use the TV. Is Up, it, down, left, right. Is it, is Enter. It, is it gesture? Oh, so it's not gesture-based. I don't know. That, it, that, that, not yet, at least, but maybe it could be. Make that happen. You're, you're <laughs> smart that way. If you're, if you're going to be at Infocom, you're going to see something. So. Uh-oh. Oh, something. Come on. Give me something better than that. <laughs> Come check it out. Come on. <laughs> Good night, Betsy. <laughs> I probably wasn't even supposed to say it anyway, but I did. So make I mean. him make him tell me something. <laughs> um, is this from technology? And you you see obviously the the a broader spectrum than I do. Uh, is is Moore's law really effective when it comes to when it comes to displays and technology in in our industry? I mean, I would say you know the bigger issue really is. Um, Right now, what we've seen with millennials coming up, um, the future consumer of our electronics is sometimes they think good enough is good enough. And so the question is, even if this effect was happening, would it make a difference in the marketplace? And I think it's too early to tell. 
Um, but, you know, we see this a lot on the audio side. Um, um, surveys time and time come about, come again, time and time again, come back saying that people are fine with the audio on their iPad docking station and uh, or for their iPod. And they don't know um, what the utility is in having a more sophisticated sound system. And we're in jeopardy of having that same thing happen on the um on the display side as well. So um, really, um, it, it might be happening in terms of the production, but it's from the cons actual consumer side, um, I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make um, from the sales perspective. Well, and Bill, uh, Betsy brings up a good point. Um, as much as, as Dawn and I would love to have OLED and 4K and all that jazz, uh, does the YouTube generation really want that? I don't. Uh, go ahead, Betsy, if you want to say something. Well, the only thing I was going to say is um, there's always going to be a time and a place. Um, like, for instance, on 4K, though it's um, fairly new, um, anytime more pixels um, would benefit, such as in intelligence or mm. in um, um, healthcare AV, um, that would be very, very helpful. Um, the same true could be said about, you know, for regular, more recreational users, um, it's the jury is still out. Um, I, I, I think the the answer is no to to your 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 question. I don't I don't think it's it's needed. I think I was I was looking at and you know, showing my age. I was uh, looking at the technology um, for where it is now in. The Jetsons, you, you know, and how, <laughs> Jets, okay, you know, and and moving forward, you know, because that's was it 2062, where is when the Jetsons was, you know, supposed to be, and we our cars turn into our uh, briefcases and all that other kind of stuff. But I think in order for us to move to the Jetsons, we have to. Um, um, Basically, stay on that that line of of moving, being you know more smart and being out of the box and trying to do all the things um, that will kind of be easier or in um, and 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 move from there. So I, I think right now, I I don't think um, the Generation X will uh, will will kind of demand that. But I, I think the I think industry and us how we relate to technology will will kind of shift will take a big shift to move to kind of get some some more out of it. Generation okay. X isn't going to demand it because they've been spoon fed a bunch of stuff over the past right. bunch of years, right? So they're just taking what they're given. Right. Is that Generation uh, X or Generation? Y Z W Y Z. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm, gen the I'm Generation the X. So. They're Are you X or Y? The so I guess Y. The Mario. Okay. Millennials yeah, and Y. It's this naughty little Y's. It's us X. <laughs> X is <a> <laughs> naughty little Y's. We're good. We're good in, in X. So. Oh goodness we're good in gracious! Can we, we cross our T's and dot our I's? <laughs> it, you know what? At least at least we know how to write actual sentences instead of text speak. So. <laughs> Long. <laughs> Except we were saying, "Oh hi, <laughs> hi, the baton." Um, all right, uh, from Engadget, Nielsen. Everybody here knows what Nielsen is. It's the people who give us the Nielsen ratings. It tells us that the uh, 
the Super Bowl is the most watched things, and the second most watched things, unfortunately, is the Kardashians. Um, Nielsen is getting ready to do a quote-unquote digital program ratings. Uh, and in English, what that means is they're getting ready to rate online video. Um, Don, this is something we've talked about online and streaming and stuff before on this show. Um, when this happens, or if this happens, uh, if it, they actually do roll this out, um, how big of a shift will companies like Nix and others like it start moving to get uh, themselves into a streaming or at least an online um, posture, kind of like Roku and, and Boxy are right now? I think this is kind of a groundbreaking move for a couple of reasons, not just because it's going to drive some of the traditional broadcasters into a more online realm, but already there are a number of companies and organizations out there creating online-only content, and there are some shows that you can only see if you subscribe to Hulu, or mm -hmm. certain um, shows only run on like YouTube. And these shows, these independent productions, and some of them are even from Hollywood studios, but most of them are indie type productions. You know, there's no way of measuring their impact other than just downloads or clicks, but even that isn't always reliable. So I think it's kind of stunning that we're to the point that those little strange indie productions and goofy web shows that people put together have gotten to the point that they're recognized enough that Nielsen's taking notice. Um, I, I do hope that in the past decade or so, Nielsen has totally stepped up how they do their measurements, because uh, about 15 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, Mr. A.V. Dunn and I were a Nielsen family, but at the time, we didn't have a box on our TV. We had to fill out a paper journal and mail it back to them over a quarterly period, which was, I thought, completely tech backwards. Um, they may have better systems in place now, I hope, but... Um, it's just amazing to me that we are to the point that suddenly streaming matters that much, that the big names are really getting into it. The broadcast guys, we discussed this last time I was on, the broadcast guys really need to think how they're going to shift to adapt to the new paradigm or they're going to fade away. Well, and it, I, I used to be in, in radio and we had to, the, the, the Nielsen of radio is Arbitron. And a number of years ago, they went from what Don just mentioned, which was uh, paper um, paper diaries. Um, and if you've ever wondered why most radio contests start on Thursday, because that's when the diary started. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. That's really why. Um, but they moved to something called People Meters. And a, a, a short Cliff Notes version of that is it's a pager that picks up audio file or audio signals. And it can tell what frequency you're listening to and any other kind of audio you're, you're listening to at any given time. When they rolled these out, you had um, stations who traditionally get garnered a, a fair amount of, of listener feedback and, and a fair amount of, of, the, uh, of the ratings fall off the face of the earth because people were lying on the diaries and they weren't really listening to classical. They were listening to top 40. Um, and a number of classical stations as well as, as Spanish language stations around the country folded because their listenership really was not where the people said they were. So that may be where we end up with television where um, suddenly we're really seeing where people are watching. Um, Nick... Go ahead. 
I was, I was going to say, that said, then they're not doing the Paper Diaries anymore because I don't know anyone who admits to watching all that reality trash, but <laughs> somehow they're getting they ratings. And, you know, other than Downton Abbey, like the PBS stuff, not as much. I just started watching that. It's a good show. So, uh, Nick, is this something I'm not asking you to re- reveal any more uh, secrets? I don't want you to get fired, but <laughs> um, is this something where, because you guys have got a couple of different video products, um, where you would look to get into the streaming or online video um, portion of the, of the AV industry? You know, that's such a saturated market right now. It's, we, we kind of, we do have a product for it. It's had moderate success. Um, it's really, it's really tough to keep up with the volume that a lot of these other guys can do. Um, the Roku's, the Apple TV's, all those little $99 devices, you know, when you want to, throw them a few thousand dollar device uh, it's like well why do i need this um so i mean yeah there's really in terms of getting into the ratings deal there's nothing there i don't think for us i have the perfect idea for you okay tell me take your dmps and do a firmware update where you just have the the software installed and it just knows what you're and watching no 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 it, it it's like a it's an on-screen so it it shoots out your uh, it's like an input. Yeah. Yeah. You should do that. Uh, <laughs> she's totally just not even. Uh, Betsy, is this something where um, where companies like um, need to start paying attention? AV companies need to start paying attention to online video and, and making sure that they can they can accommodate it for not only you know um, servers and stuff like that, but also for displays and such. Oh, definitely. Um, we've definitely seen um, renewed interest in streaming um, amongst our inquiries that come in. Um, our networked AV classes um, have more updated content relating to streaming and bandwidth and other considerations that need to go into when you're streaming on secured networks, etc. So um, I would say look to more on streaming from us, but also, um, you know, for our membership, um, this is an area that um, even though it is a fairly saturated market, I think more people are trying to at least look into what the full potential is and how um, systems can be um, impacted by its usage. Um, I know that we added more curriculum into this um, for our more entry-level um, certificate program um, and some of our online classes, et cetera. So that's a good place. The other thing I wanted to touch on is with just the introduction of metrics into this just means that um, more people are going to be able to rely on it. Um, right now, um, the in the recent past, with the lack of metrics, it's hard for companies to invest too much in their programs, um, in online, in YouTube videos, etc. And now, I think that um, you are going to see more um, people looking to this technology. Um, hopefully, this will be also create uh, more of a love of video among um, people who are just coming up, um, looking at maybe starting careers. So, mm. um, we definitely think it is, you know, good for the AV industry that um, this is happening. Um, but you know, there are already some pretty big players in this marketplace. That's a very good point, Betsy. Um, Bill, when it comes to not only you know providing metrics, but also giving people the opportunity to. You know, create things online and, and, and have the opportunity to get, you know, not only a following, but also a, a feedback 
as it were, you know, from Nielsen and other companies like that, that says, hey, you know what, not only did you get 10,000 downloads, but you have this percentage of the online traffic. Right, and I think that would be the great information, and that, um, and, and until she said that, I was like, wow, that, you know, that's a, that's a game changer to, you know, all that, the online content that is, is being created. I mean, for me, when I read this, this, this article, not being a Nielsen guy in, in the past, but in the, um, I guess, the, the late 90s and the, the early 2000s, there was a concept of that, you know, um, group um, TV watching and everything like that. So it was like, how are they getting the, those accurate numbers of who, what people are watching and what people are, you know, are, are not watching because we, are, we were doing more things in groups. So I think now to to look at the the digital tracking viewing and 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 see that i think it will be a lot more accurate and the the metrics uh, aspect really will have um people drill down and make strategic decisions to um to do programming yeah i mean you're still going to have some of that because you know it, people you know hey look at this youtube video or, or what right. have you but but i think you're right more and more people are are becoming uh, you know, single or or at least two people consuming you know smaller devices. So. Right. Uh, all right. From NPR, when it comes to productivity, technology can hurt and help. Uh, <laughs> well, that is true. Um, Nick, we'll start off with you on this one. Um, whether it's you know uh, automation systems or, or control systems, um, do you think that that technology can hurt your productivity? Well, you know, sometimes I sit at my desk and I'm like going to go start a, uh, you know, sketch out something, some ad idea or some whatever, touch panel GUI. And then I started drawing on the piece of paper and I'm like, well, hang on, why am I doing it on a piece of paper? I'm just going to, I'll just do it on the computer. So then I go over and I open up Illustrator and then I start drawing this stuff and then I'm sitting there for like, you know, two hours longer than I wanted to in the first place because <laughs> I decided just to put it in the computer. So... Yes, it does hinder my productivity. <laughs> well, then just get out a piece of paper. <laughs> but uh, no, you know, it, it's it's like double-edged sword, though, right? Because where be you know where you could do things in the analog world and then you move them to the digital world, so to speak. Um, you know, now you kind of you tend you tend to just want to do things on the computer, or you you want to automate things because it makes sense. Um, you know, sometimes that takes a little bit of time up front to do, like, so programming-wise, um, you know, it's going to take you a little longer to program something than it would to just do it manually or by hand. Um, but uh, in the end, yeah, it's, it's, there's a careful balance between wasting your time and saving your time. Uh, Betsy, do you think that um, technology hinders you or helps you? Um, I think it mostly helps me, but um, certainly it has its limitations from time to time. What I love about technology is the way it really brings um, different people together. And um, when you're writing things, as I often am, it's great to be able to crowdsource ideas and to um, be able to connect with people far away. Um, you know, we often employ video conferencing so we can actually see people and um, really get in touch with them and get their ideas. Um, 
Infocom certainly um, for our standards development and other um, programs that we have, we need to touch base with subject matter experts everywhere. And so technology really makes it possible. We, we couldn't do our jobs without it. However, like I am one of these people, I cannot use I am. I, it, if I find it very distracting. Um, like the gnat that has to constantly be swatted out of the way. So I would I would not say that technology is necessarily a cure-all, um, but um, I, I do think that um, it's the way society is going. And um, But anything that's good for you, um, if not in moderation, could really hurt you. So um, it's something we should be mindful of. Very wise words. Uh, Bill, Mr. Brown, can, can technology hurt or help your productivity? Um, I, I think Nick um, hit the uh, the key thing. It it has to make sense. What how you're utilizing the technology uh, in your environment? If it's an extension of what um, tasks that you need to to get done, or your your um, and your job and your and your work and your um, that is 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 what it's all about. The one thing that I found um, interesting but not surprising is the ways that um, companies track how productive you are and the you know and the, the repercussions for you not doing you know wasting time with that the technology device that they they gave you to do it so uh, the the answer to to that is if you bring in the technologies that will um, assist you to do what you what you need to do and you stay on on target um, to that as as much as you can through the the eight hour eight hour day you can be as productive as you you need to be and to go from there if there's times where you need to have you know a notepad and write it out and sketch it out and 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 do it you should take those opportunities and don't be afraid to to disconnect to do that and I think too often um, we look at technology as the solver of all of our problems and not realize that used incorrectly it can become one of our problems well also good uh don you have the last word on this can it hurt you or help you well in some respects it absolutely helps um, when i read this article i was reminded of a comic i saw years ago that showed some office workers sitting at their desks and one of them said to the other how on earth did we look busy before computers? <laughs> That's great. And, and it's true. It both helps our productivity by doing things faster, but it also helps us look busy sometimes. Um, but it can definitely be a productivity killer. Um, and, and, and some of the tools that they mentioned in this article from NPR, you know, some of the, the um, analysis tools that tell you where you spend your time, they're great for your average office worker, for someone like me that works in social media. I spend a lot of time on Twitter and Facebook, but a lot of that's productive work time, and some of it is the goofing around time. So it, it, it both helps and hinders. I think the best last word is the last word of the Harvard Business School professor, Teresa Amabile, that was quoted in the article. Just staying motivated is still the best way to get work done. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, and on that... We will we will end the uh, the broadcast day. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, this has been AV Week. That right there is Miss AV Dawn. Her name is Dawn Mead, marketing and media coordinator for NetAV. Uh, where can people find you, ma'am? 
folks can see me on Twitter at avdawn. They can find my company online at www.net-av.com. And if you're coming to the Infocom show this summer in June, um, obviously stop and see Betsy at the Infocom booth, but come by and take my class on marketing and social media for the small integrator. I'm teaching on Wednesday morning. Wednesday. So I hope to see you there. Yay. Uh, also with us is uh, is Mr. Bill Brown, President and CEO of BD Brown Communications. Where can people find you, sir? Um, I am on Twitter at um, bdbrown.com, and that's with two M's. Um, and um, you can uh, also reach me at my website. Um, new website that I'll be launching soon is at www bdbrown.com and I will also be at Infocom and um, teaching the this, this same time as Dawn because oh. I wanted to go to Dawn's time and I was like, oh! But I am um, teaching on um, AVIT uh, leading those t today's teams. So looking at if you want to um, look at some ideas of leading those um, Converge teams people um that's what i'm going to be speaking on all right yes, well, i'd like to take your class too darn it <laughs> well maybe you guys can trade notes or something i don't know give each other your powerpoints um speaking of infocom miss betsy jeffy uh the director of public public relations for infocom international where can people find you ma'am um people can find me on twitter at infocom or at infocom show um, please remember, if you're tweeting about the show, to tweet um, pound um, Infocom13 um, if you want to be on our hashtag. You can also find me at Infocom.org and Infocomshow.org. Very good. And remind us all when uh, when the show starts. Well, the um, excitement starts June 8th um, <laughs> through the 14th, um, but the actual exhibit days are the 12th through the 14th. But I know um, everybody should at least be coming by for the opening night reception yep. on the 11th. Um, but if you can, I do encourage people to come early for the education that's been described by um, so many of our panelists today. Yep, absolutely. Um, the, 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 a lot of classes start on, on Saturday, I, I believe. Um, and go ahead. No, they absolutely do, and um, they go all throughout the show. Um, and in, in addition to the um, Infocom University training, we have a lot of training from um, other partner groups as well as um, manufacturers training from um, the great exhibitors in our industry. Yes, they do. And speaking of one, his name is Nick Scott. Uh, his, uh, that was a very nice transition. Uh, he's Solutions Marketing Manager. Uh, one class I know for a fact because my buddy's teaching it. Um, uh, Kevin Iselli is doing a, a DMCE class that he keeps trying to get me to take. So, uh, Nick, where can people find you, sir? You can find me at the 9,000 square foot booth at Infocom in Orlando. There you go. <laughs> By the Smart TV app. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done. And if you want to uh, email me, it's nscott at crestron.com. All right. Well, uh, if you'd like to, uh, to find me on, on social media, it's TD. Tim, David Albright, but more importantly for me and everybody here at Aviation, please go by the website, avnation.tv. Avnation.tv, you'll find this show and a host of others. Uh, we have a couple different new ones, uh, some ones that we are kind of uh, 
retooling and 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 re uh, re re coming up with uh, ideas. So uh, check those out. Avianation.tv. Avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>